welcome to the podcast where we are discussing assumptions, ideologies, and beliefs about the English language, linguistic variation, and bilingualism. Please welcome our guests, Sophia, Natalie, Casey, and Karina. Hello. Hi. Hi. What do you guys think are some assumptions about the English language? For one thing, it is considered to be a superior language, and for that reason, many foreign or diverse speakers become intimidated by the idea of learning English because of how hard it may seem, or because schools and communities make it seem like a priority and a challenge. When students think that it is a difficult task, they become unmotivated. It is a school's job to let children have fun while learning a new language. I agree with Karina. With an enjoyable lesson, students will feel more motivated rather than intimidated about a new language. It, it is also important to remind students that it does not have to be perfect. Nothing is perfect. Effort is what should matter in a class. Aside from the myths of an English language, there are many assumptions about bilingualism. What are some misconceptions about bilingual education or speakers? I think that there are many misconceptions about bilingualism. It's not easy to learn two languages, and it can be hard for some children to understand and differentiate between them when they are first starting out. I agree with Natalie's point. Another misconception that is sometimes made about bilingualism is that young children's development can be delayed if they're already learning two languages at once. This is an assumption that many may make, but ultimately, the students will have an advantage as they can speak two separate languages. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I want to add is that many bilingual students who master a second language tend to blend words from the different languages, and people assume that this shows that it's too difficult, when in fact it shows that children have mastered both or all of the languages. This is called code switching. What are some assumptions commonly made about linguistic variation? I feel that linguistic variation is not always recognized as a real phenomenon. There are many different versions of English and it is important to recognize that certain dialects are specific to areas of the US. This goes for other countries as well as different culture, cultural factors can greatly affect how people speak. That's a good point. There are so many ways to speak English in schools. There are slangs used in every conversation, and teachers have to learn these slangs as well. There are formal or informal ways to speak, and that is found in every language. Karina, do you have any additional thoughts on linguistic variation? I think that many people tend to view their dialect or way of speaking as the correct one. This belief can come from a lack of exposure to different cultures and diversity among the community. It is important to embrace cultural differences, and it is beneficial that we learn from each other and keep an open mind when dealing with these topics. That's a great point, Karina. I do not think that there's a correct way of speaking, and there shouldn't be a correct dialect in classrooms where all students are supposed to feel welcome. Do any of you have ideas on how we can promote bilingualism within the classroom? I think one important way to promote bilingualism is showing the students that you're open to learning about their culture. Provide the students with resources that come in different languages, such as books and assignments. A teacher showing the students that they value their language shows that they value their culture and appreciate them. 
I think another strategy that can be used in promoting bilingualism is by engaging with the students' families. By doing this, you're making all the families in the school's community feel welcomed and accepted. This family involvement has proven to help boost students' achievement as they feel supported in the different parts of their lives. Maybe our schools can offer language speaking clubs as an after-school program. This could allow for more students to get a better understanding of another language of their choice. They could have students and teachers run the clubs and there could be a variety of languages being taught and spoken such as Spanish, Italian, French, etc. They could incorporate what they learned from their clubs into the classroom. Teachers in the classrooms can also provide students with new experiences that will help teach them about different cultures. For example, bringing in foods from different cultures, listening to different types of music while completing an assignment, or even hosting a multicultural day so that students can educate others on their culture. I agree with all of your answers. It is very important that we promote bilingualism in our classrooms and help educate our students. Personally, I believe that including students at home cultures into the classroom can better create an environment of inclusivity within the classroom. This can be incorporated by having students share different words or phrases in their home language and teach them to the class. I think that's a great idea. They could also share different traditions and holidays that their culture practices and invite the students to participate. This could open up students to different cultures and teach them more about other languages. Would you be able to elaborate more on this idea? Of course. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that we can learn from other people's holidays in which they celebrate. For example, Italians have their own Independence Day called La Festa della Repubblica. They have a big parade, ceremonies, lots of regional cuisines, and they encourage everyone to partake in the festivities. If a student that's Italian shares about this experience, they'll educate others on the importance of this holiday as well as what goes on and even tell them how they can be a part of it. Even if you're unable to attend the festivities in the country of Italy, one can still get involved right from their own classroom by bringing in Italian foods, wearing their colors, or even live streaming the parade so everyone can see. In addition to all this, people have been arguing about the global dominance of the English language, specifically in business, media, and education, this can lead to linguistic imperialism. They claim that the spread of English may not treat and rod Indonesian's language and cultures, reinforcing existing power imbalances and limiting linguistic diversities. That's an interesting point. Would you elaborate on what exactly linguistic imperialism means? Of course, linguistic imperialism refers to the dominance or imposition of one language over others, often driven by political, economic, or cultural power dynamics. It occurs when a particular language typically associates with a powerful nation or group, diminishes the U.S. or the status of other languages within a given context or region. Adding on to Karina, linguistic imperialism can take various forms. One common example is the historical influence of colonial powers, such as the British Empire, which spreads the, which, which spreads the English language across many territories. In these cases, 
The language of the colonizers becomes the dominant language, often at the expense of indigenous languages. Now, what potential challenges may teachers or even students face with trying to break these assumptions and or beliefs on the English language? Students and teachers may have grown up with their parents or relatives or other figures in their lives, teaching them what they believe is right about the English language. They may believe that their language is superior and the only appropriate language to use. And when this happens, they may begin to believe that any other language isn't theirs or is weird and can be different in a bad way. And what do you think will happen if this kind of belief and assumption is carried over into the future generations? Feelings of superiority and more bullying will increase if this continues. Just because someone's way of speaking and the way they pronounce their words sounds different than yours or isn't perfect doesn't mean they're less than you as a person. Also, social media plays a huge role in these assumptions and beliefs. Students at a young age, and also teachers that are on social media, may see videos of people making fun of those who speak English that may not speak it perfectly. They may make an insensitive comment during class that may offend some people and not realize that their words can hurt somebody. Yeah, I 100% agree that students and teachers' comments hurt. Both should be educated that everyone in this world is different, therefore not everyone will speak a language the same way. I have a statistic that I found online according to the Department of Education. The English learning students have increased from fall 2010, 9.2%, which is 4.5 million students, to fall 2019, 10.4%, which is 5.1 million students. I can guarantee that all of these 5.1 million people speak the English language differently. That is very interesting. I never knew that so many people in the United States were English learners. Also, another statistic that I came across was according to the Annie E. Casey Foundation, the number of bilingual kids in America is continuing to rise. In 2016, 22% of children in the U.S., which is significantly more than 12 million kids, spoke a language other than English at home and have brought that into the classroom. Within the last decade, this rate has risen by 2%, which is 1.2 million kids. Wow, it's amazing how many students have the ability to speak two different languages. It must have been challenging for them, but it's definitely worth it because those students can communicate with more people and can help others out as well. Thank you for all expressing your thoughts on these important topics. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening to our podcast.